0: Welcome to When In Podcast, conversations around travel, culture and society, where we discuss the places and things that shape the life experiences of locals, hosted by me, Alyssa, and me, Nimma.
1: Hi, welcome back, guys. Welcome, welcome,
0: third episode. Yes,
1: whoop, whoop. Okay, so today we have an amazing guest. I'm going to let Alyssa introduce.
0: He's... very special, yes. He's pretty far away. <laughs> he is my best friend, Uh-oh. Ashraf. Woo! Coming oh, live, guys. coming live from where? Uh, Lebanon. Live from
2: Lebanon. What, what? Look
1: International, at us. Look Internationally at us. known, and we're known to rock a microphone. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, that was really dark. <laughs>
3: I got out at the
2: end.
1: But yeah, okay. How are you doing today, Ashraf?
2: I'm well. How are you guys? Good. We're good. Yeah, good.
1: Yeah. It yes. feels like the end times, Loki. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. I think we're going
0: back into lockdown. Yeah. So. Oh, so are we. So oh, there oh. we go. oh, oh. Okay, Look at it us coming together <laughs> as a world in lockdown. <laughs> Oh, so many things God. in common people have now. Mm. <laughs> um, so we, the questions we ask um come from a TED talk or don't ask me where I'm from ask me where I'm
1: a local by Taya Selassie so we base it by her three R's she has three R's that she bases how she um, references where she says she's a local and those are by her relationships her rituals and her restrictions restrictions yep and we throw in a fourth R to ask your recommendations at the end so like from your different places of where you are a local so yeah that's what we base
0: out on so we might start, actually, that's not a question, but what we might do is ask where you where you consider home or where you consider yourself a local. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I consider my home to be Australia, so mm-hmm. I'm a local in Sydney. Sydney Yay. cider.
0: Oh, hi. Sydney yeah. cider.
1: Oh, that's what you guys call yourselves? Sydney, Sydney cider? It's
0: true. We, it is. We, we do. Why is that? Cause we're by the side of Sydney. We're on the side of Sydney. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, so is it like suburbian Sydney, or is it like I don't get? It.
0: No, I think we were just playing with you. Um, we literally. Oh,
1: I I thought you guys were serious. I was like, oh god. Okay, just context, you guys. Alyssa has a lot of Alyssa isms, so I think you're gonna get um used to that as we record <laughs> so like yeah as i've been pranked to think that this was actually you know that's the thing about being like from different places you could legit lie and tell somebody something is legit and they would have no idea unless like they met someone else hundred percent, and
0: i trust the good but, yeah. ride or die so he'll just go along with
2: whatever you, I you say guys about.
1: really sold yeah. me on that i thought that was a legit thing like you guys were really in sync well done
2: <laughs> if you have, um, if you have an accomplice, and you say it with enough confidence, mm-hmm. you can sell the idea. One hundred percent. And we've oh, mastered that.
1: Okay, noted.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Major takeaway from like, the beginning. There could be anything happening, and Alyssa would say something, and Argo will just take that idea and run with it. One hundred percent. That's
1: the type of friend you mm-hmm. need. Ride
2: or die. Mm. Love it. We uh-huh. literally right. ride or die. We don't really think about the consequences at the time. Jack is not, <laughs> not part of it. Which gets us into a lot of trouble so most of the time. <laughs> it?
0: Oh, best. Oh, best. Where else would you say that you consider yourself um, a local?
2: Um, well, having been stuck in Lebanon for the past eight months mm-hmm. due to reasons beyond my control, I <clears throat> Corona. <COVID, clears throat> It's <laughs> <Bob> in <Bami>. Corona. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I basically can say I'm a Lebanese local now. Mm. Um, Where in Lebanon? The, well, I'm in the very, very south of Lebanon, so I'm like about five kilometers away from the Israeli border.
1: Oh wow! Um,
2: yeah, it's very interesting. You get like all these like little wake up calls during the night sometimes.
1: Oh, when you say wake-up calls, what do you mean? Let's be clear with the people listening. Let them know what's up.
2: Uh, Well, sometimes you've got the Israeli army running missions throughout the night, so you'll hear explosions or, like, bombs going off. Um, They're not attacking anyone, but I think it's within, you know, their their protocols and to try and, like, you know, enhance their skills. And I guess sometimes it's maybe, like, a, a threat or kind of just to say, hey, like, you know, don't mess with us, warning. We're around. We're That's got to
1: be a bit mentally draining yeah, yeah. though, like on the psyche, I would Im- I'd imagine. I don't know.
2: Well, I haven't lived in Lebanon ever. Like mm-hmm. I usually do come here and visit. But having mm-hmm. stayed here for the past eight months, it is very interesting. At first I was a bit like, oh my God, there's like, you know, gunshots or there's like bomb-like sounds. That's like go inside and hide and everyone seems to take it. Lightheartedly, it's like, oh, mm. yeah, it's nothing. Oh, look, mm. they're just practicing. They're just, I'm like, okay. <laughs> you call this practicing? <laughs> I'm going to go inside. <laughs> I'm going to go inside. You stay here and just watch your little theatrical thing happening. <laughs>
0: Oh, gosh. I oh. I'm about to not die
2: for entertainment. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm not immune to this type no. of behaviour, so
1: what <laughs> we're not doing is pretending like this is okay. Um, Oh, gosh. I hope you don't mind me asking, but, like, some months ago you had the... There was um the explosion that happened at the yeah. port. in so, August. Yeah, in August.
2: So,
1: yeah, so are you not too close to that? How far are you away in terms of... Yeah, if you could...
2: No, so the explosion happened in the city center, which is about an hour and 45 minutes away from me. If Mm -hmm. I was to go there by car, um, I had some friends and relatives that were in Beirut at the time, it was Mm -hmm. a little bit chaotic, yeah, very unexpected, and I think that's what shook everyone the fact that it was unexpected. Um, I did go and see the wreck after, um,
3: yeah,
2: about a week after, and it is absolutely insane i cannot believe Mm. the damage that Mm. it's caused you know having heard about it on the news because i heard about it on the news like you guys yeah but having actually gone to the site and looking at the buildings and people's homes that Mm. were destroyed it is Mm. absolutely sad it's very sad
0: Mm. Mm. has that been difficult i guess living in lebanon when that sort of um i guess takes place and how that makes you feel knowing that you know, this isn't actually where you spend the majority of your time?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's accustomed in Lebanon and they're aware that we do have a corrupt government. There is a political instability, but the fact that now you don't feel safe Mm. in Mm. your own city is actually a problem. Mm. But I think, um, I mean, I must commend Lebanese people. I mean, I've lived outside of Lebanon for a while, but having seen the way they react to these things is they have to it's basically move on with your life and everything's going to be fine mm-hmm. they don't have time to sit mm. there and think and stress over it like they just got to deal with it and whatever happens happens
0: yeah they're very resilient yeah that
1: is yeah that's definitely a very resilient like characteristic mm. for sure For sure. Oh, wow
0: um i think that probably comes into maybe asking you what your rituals are yeah for each location because you said that you go back to Lebanon quite a bit and you were born in Lebanon. Um, yes. So when you come to Lebanon, what is like the first couple of things that you want to be doing that make you feel at home, that make you feel like you've arrived? Yeah.
2: Um, well, the first thing is getting out of the airport. Um, in a good mood because <laughs> you, <laughs> the <laboratory laughs> airport is extremely it's just chaotic inside mm. and so the moment you step off the plane there's all these men with trolleys trying to like get at you to try and take your bags and like move them to your car it's oh. like oh my guys, calm down
1: oh. oh do they make you pay obviously or is how does that yeah, work yeah you've got
2: to tip them you've got to tip them oh my this um, sounds like Lagos but I'm
1: listening <laughs> yeah yeah, but yeah,
2: no. yeah, it's insane. And then trying to get past all the customs mm-hmm. um, and then getting asked a million questions because, you know, they are there to make your life difficult, not more simpler, <laughs> I guess. Um, but there's there's just a few things you do. So the first thing you do is you want to go and you've got to try Lebanese food. I mean, no matter where you are in the world, it's mm. never going to taste as good as being in the actual home country of that cuisine. Yeah, uh, that's true. And then it's a, yeah, it's ritual that, you know, your family members would be waiting for you and they'd like have a, a, a whole spread of food. And then, you know, first day it's getting to greet everyone. And as you may know, Lebanese people do have enormous families Mm
3: -hmm.
2: so by the time you get through all of your cousins and all these other cousins you've never met in your life then (laughs) your holiday may start
1: Ah, I love it so in that alone I've seen that well from what you're saying so that sounds like an amazing homecoming literally honestly food and people like so would you say like culturally that's a very common thing the whole like family and fellowshipping around food and because food is I thing, what are like your the, the main attractions on the spread of the table when you arrive that you love to see? Like, oh, this is why I'm here. What are the items that you would definitely be like, if that's not on the table, you've not been welcomed properly?
2: Kibinaya. <laughs> Kibinaya. Um, yeah, oh, uh, so Alyssa, we needs. might as well just be
1: interviewing you here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm brave. <laughs> I mean, um, I know from Alyssa, we used to go to a lot of Lebanese restaurants in Sydney mm-hmm. and Kibinaya was a staple on our dinner; like it mm-hmm. had to be on the table. Oh. Um, yeah, kibinaya is definitely uh, one of my favorites. You've got to have fattoush or tabbouleh. Or What's kibinaya? If I'm
1: saying that right, like, can you describe Ooh, so
2: that to me? is basically uh, raw lamb that's minced very finely. Um, and basically, they add a bunch of herbs and they cook, parsley and they, onion. They and cook
0: it, right? They cook, the lamb is negative cooked. Negative. No, it's raw. Does Naya mean raw? Is that what it means?
2: Yes, Naya means raw. Yeah. And mm, kibbeh um, is basically okay. the... Uh, <laughs> oh, don't knock it to you. It?
1: Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm listening. I do trust your taste in foods. I'm assuming this is okay, but... Okay, Look, we're I gonna die. We've <laughs>
0: all got food poisoning from it. Kind okay. of test? so is yeah. it
2: like? To be honest, is it, how is it um, cooked? Well, then, this is the one that introduced me to kibinaya. I've, oh, I've wow. always known Kibine to be part of the cuisine, but she basically likes to try new things and then got mm-hmm. got me hooked onto it. So yeah, it does. It's, it's a very nice dish, but you you don't want to have too much of it either. Yeah, that's but true. It's, it's nice I can imagine. Long,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. obviously, I've never had like it's not raw as bad meat. As so lamb that's... brains. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take. It. you take your word for it. <laughs> I'll definitely take your word for it. But it sounds really good in terms of like the. Um, you said it's you, it's spiced or what, how how again?
2: Yeah. So there's herbs and spices and salt mm-hmm. and then parsley and buckwheat and onions. It's all mixed together and, oil and you, that you basically pour it drown up. it in olive oil. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. you, radish. you you yeah radish. So you grab the piece of bread and you put the meat inside. Then you have the radish and like. The chives and
1: oh gosh,
2: just gobble it up!
1: Oh, uh, it does sound good,
2: so good. And to, yeah, you should tell Nima about uh, the
0: sambusik. Is that what you'd mentioned oh, before that favorite. interrupted?
2: Uh, no, that so think no, that was sambusik tibble. is the um, is basically the pastry. Um, oh, I love
1: pastry, so nice. I'm sitting up for this. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm.
2: Fried fried pastry with meat, onion and pine nuts. It's absolutely delicious. Oh, wow. And as Alyssa would say, delish.
1: Delish, <laughs> delish. yes, that is another Alyssa. Alish- yeah. <laughs> That's
0: right. And you like the cheese one, don't you? The cheese is sick.
2: Yeah, some of them are... Oh, Alyssa, I forgot to this one. Um, so, yeah, the cheese one's delicious, but there's a new one now. Ooh. It's stuffed with minced chicken and like different spices and herbs it is absolutely like it will knock your socks off
3: oh
1: god, that I sounds love really it. good
2: i mean what a welcome i would love to come back and to one and one of it. the main ones is um it's called cheese rolls so it's basically um it's like a similar to a puff pastry and it's stuffed with Uh, four different kinds of cheeses and um
1: why have one when you're gonna have four Mm -mm.
2: (laughs) exactly right um yeah and then they put like different herbs sometimes they put parsley in there and Mm -hmm. sesame seeds and they fry it absolutely amazing
0: and uh kenefe
2: yes that's one of to be honest in australia we have it for dessert like after a meal but Mm -hmm. in lebanon it's actually a breakfast and what's Kenafi that? Kanafi cheese. Mm-hmm. It's basically a sweetened cheese and they they basically rub this kind of bready texture on top and it's baked in the oven. I think mm. it's and... like nuts, isn't
0: it? Is it more like nuts?
2: Um. Oh, there's different kinds of kanafi. I'm talking about the breakfast. Oh, stuff. you're talking about the breakfast Which one? are you talking about? Yeah.
0: The one that made me yeah. really sick.
2: Why are they <laughs> both called kanafi? <laughs>
0: oh, I don't know. I
2: feel like oh, as Oh, yeah. The... You you had a cream-based one. Uh... You had a... Um, Yeah, this one's a cheese and they put it inside this little um, bread bun and then you eat it. Mm. Very fanning, but it's very, very delicious.
0: Hearing that Lebanese people like bread. And cheese. Yeah. So And rice. Oh, universal. everyone got rice in it.
2: Oh, love it. Oh, this
1: sounds, this sounds good. I, I'm, I'm getting full just hearing oh my like, God. these descriptions.
0: I'm, I've already had lunch and I'm just like, yeah, right. smash like, oh. some Lebanese food right now. <laughs> yes. I love it. Oh, I that's think great. What would be, so you talked about like what happens when you go to Lebanon. What about when you come home to Sydney? Because mm. I feel like it's similar, but maybe a bit different.
2: I think uh, in Sydney, we don't have that sense of family as much as we do in Lebanon. Mm -hmm. Although people do try and keep, you know, the culture alive in Sydney, everyone's very busy with work and we're geographically a lot more uh, separated in Sydney than we are in Lebanon. So in Lebanon, everyone's in the same town and everyone knows everyone's like little community. So it's hard to miss someone coming from overseas. But in Australia, Mm -hmm. everyone's busy with their own lives. So you don't expect as much to be done when you go back home than you do when you come to Lebanon. And that's fine because, mm-hmm. you know, you've already gone to the actual place where the Lebanese food is. You're, you're probably done with it when you're back. <laughs> now you want Australian food. <laughs>
1: I can definitely relate with that for sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, I think that that, that that
0: is quite a distinction, isn't it? I think family about and then the differences in the way you interact because as much as you want to keep the culture alive, actually sometimes geographically, Um, that the environment supports keeping the family together versus in Sydney. Um, Obviously, we're both from Sydney, so that is a major factor. Like, Sydney's quite largely spread out. So, like, Mm -hmm. even when Ashraf and I lived both in Sydney, it could take, like, even a drive to and from our house, and we were, like, probably like I'm going to convert it to maybe miles were mm-hmm. maybe 12 miles away from each other. Yeah. It was like a 45-minute drive, oh. which is like so long. And if we yeah. talk public transport, it's really long. So I think that's probably another consideration of like how family – it's much harder so unless they live around the corner. that's
1: That's interesting because I assume just because like Sydney being like – a city that it would be a bit um smaller but obviously i've never been to sydney so
2: this is just my oh imagination no, sydney's huge, sydney's sydney's huge. Sydney absolutely huge. yeah
0: comparatively especially to london um so i i like getting around in london on the tube because it's like everything is like i can get there and it's like super easy and most things are by the tube station yeah come to come to sydney come <laughs> to sydney because Ashraf's house was a 25 minute walk away from the station
1: 25 minutes you might as well get on another form of transport I
0: mean there wasn't another form of transport you basically um. de- I mean
2: we should definitely create one that goes right to the door of my house honestly <laughs> just for Alyssa a
0: 147 <laughs> express as I like to call it uh, so yeah so those are, so yeah no I can definitely understand that those sorts of there are those differences um and I think And it's funny
2: uh, like you would have to come to Lebanon to actually understand and see how people are different even the Lebanese people in Sydney have kind of developed their own culture mm. so the older sorry the elders try and hold on to the rituals and the cultural you know, teachings from when they were younger and when they were living in Lebanon. And it's it's funny to see how the children ha- can interpret that differently to the parents. Mm. And as generations go, each generation interprets things differently. Mm. Um, so you don't have that sense of home um, when it comes to family when you go back to Sydney as you do when you come to Lebanon. So mm. definitely if you to experience the true family spirit, you've got to come to Lebanon and have a Lebanese feast.
0: Are you inviting Nima and I for a holiday?
2: Oh, you guys would be more than welcome. I think the whole village would have a blast. You know, foreigners, woo, <laughs> when they uh, make food. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. But yes, <laughs> I would be very happy to be fair. And then you probably try and like they'll probably try and marry you for to get out of you, but. <laughs> we, the marry you for the visa, the passport. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Hello, meet two new passport candidates.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Line up, sign up.
2: Let me. <laughs> oh, I
0: know. We we, take,
1: uh, we would split 50-50 for the charge. Obviously, this wouldn't be a free thing to line up. Just, <laughs> you know.
2: I mean, I would take all of it. Who can make the best a air is Elissa's winner.
0: Uh, <laughs> you get a discount uh, on the dowry, <laughs> as I like to call it. <laughs>
1: A discount? No, no, we don't take discount on the dowry. What are you talking about? If you make it a, a premium, ad, no, no, that's on top of oh. the normal dowry. Come oh. on now.
0: Look at Nima oh. helping me level up in life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that actually gosh. probably get, like is a good segue into the next, which is um relationships. So Alyssa <laughs> out here like glowing. <laughs> but yeah (laughs) so relationships that can kind of take many forms and we're not necessarily asking if you about your like romantic partners it doesn't mean that necessarily it's like your relationships with everyone yeah and I guess how do you differentiate or define your relationships based on the different homes that you have hmm that's a good question um so
2: there's it's very busy in terms of communication Lebanon because um, I do have a lot of family here. Mm-hmm. The main ones would be my immediate family or my mum's immediate family who would be, you know, my uncles and then my dad's brothers, so my mm-hmm. uncles on both sides. Um, there's always contact with the family back in Sydney every day. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I hope it's not the case, but unfortunately we do have to keep in contact. Yeah. Take a holiday from you guys. <laughs> you know, I'm coming back. Just leave me alone. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, there's always, it's ve- like, it's very busy in Lebanon. There's mm. always someone over. There's always someone, you know, bringing food or there's always someone wanting to come over and just sit down or I'm going to someone's house. Yeah. So, there's, you know, it's a very social life, even though I am from the south and it's very village-like, like it is mm. a village. But, um, you know, going to the city is only like an hour and a half drive. So it doesn't feel as isolated as it would be, for example, if you go to Countryside, New South Wales.
0: Mm -hmm. Maybe we could go a little bit deeper. So when you are back in Sydney, what are the relationships that you hold in Lebanon when you're not there frequently, as in speaking to them or them coming over? Do you have those sort of close relationships with people in Lebanon?
2: Uh, yes, I do. Um, there's basically a handful that I would keep in contact with. Mm. The rest, mm. the rest, you know, I guess I spend time with when I'm here and then yeah. the friendship either pauses when I leave and then mm. resumes when I'm back. And I wouldn't call them, you know, friends. I would call them more of um, acquaintances.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah. So it's just people I spend time with, um, have a good laugh, go out, socialise and then come home. But there's no long term commitment. But there is the proper friendships. There's probably a handful that I would probably keep in contact with when I'm back home. Mm -hmm. But then again, I've realized that communication does deteriorate when I am back home because Mm -hmm. I'm busy with my life. They're busy with their life. And I guess, in, you know, some people do require that face to face interaction to keep, Mm -hmm. you know, know, a friendship going. Mm -hmm. I'm not that type of person. I mean, I've been able to keep in contact with Alyssa while she's been in London Mm -hmm. Um, and we basically speak on a daily basis and if Mm -hmm. we don't speak on any specific day there's like I have like red flags in my head like (laughs) why hasn't she called you know what's going on so yeah we even if it's just a message just to make sure she's okay Mm -hmm. that's cool.
1: So Going back to the few people that you would say that you have connections beyond like just your visits and stuff. If you were to put a place in a bottle, if you were to put like your experience Mm. of that place, of that locale in a bottle that encompasses like what that place means to you, ultimately, would they be a part of that too? Because, you know, like there are experiences you have with people, in my opinion, people make home. So for you, maybe if you were to go back when whenever you do visit Lebanon, it's like when I see these people, they make my experience complete. It's like a full circle. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Great.
2: There's definitely, those people definitely um, be in that bottle that you're speaking of. Mm -hmm. And I guess, they are the people that do, like you said, make home and they make Mm -hmm. you want to come to this specific location to Mm -hmm. either make new memories or remember older ones.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I like that. Yeah, Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Mm -hmm. I feel like those interactions that you have with people, even when you don't see them all the time, they always, and I usually feel like it's like with... I often find it. It's with cousins. Mm. It's like, it'll be a cousin thing where you don't see them and you don't even keep in contact that much throughout the yeah. year. But then when you go to like a certain place together, it's just like no time has
2: passed.
1: Yeah, you pick right back pick up, right up from yeah. where you were left off.
2: That's a genuine connection, which yes. is very rare to find these days.
1: Very, very is very hard for people to actually understand that. Sometimes mm. people get quite offended when you're not talking to them every day. Well, not every day, but like you don't.
2: Constantly. Yeah,
1: constantly. But there's still something there. There's still Mm. something of substance. So going back to the bottle thing, if you were to say, like, for Sydney and for Lebanon, these are the things, like, the three things that when I think of Sydney or when I think of Lebanon, these are what make it, you know, like... Unique. Yeah, unique to me. Like To you. So um, in the case of, for example, in my case, I would say, like, when Lagos is like the horns a definite thing, like the chaos on the roads, People don't have sense, Um, (laughs) and maybe the street (laughs) hawkers and like um, the food that I eat when I get home. And then, like I think with Trudy, she said the flip flops, like like, when you know
0: when people wear wear sandals. That's what we
1: call them. Okay, well, oh, oh, that (laughs) thong, but yeah, when (laughs) (laughs) when (laughs) they wear, but you mean the flip flops? I mean, that's what we call them. The thong. Yeah, she said the sound of that and um, the, the water. The sound, the ocean of, yeah, and,
0: and but then like the garbage as well. Yeah, <laughs> like the smell. Was... That wasn't so
1: pleasant, but I mean.
0: It
2: was, it was kind of an interesting <laughs> you vibe. you to take the good with the
1: bad. Yeah. But um, yeah, so what would that be for you for your two locales?
2: Um, so I definitely put food. Um, I mm-hmm. definitely put corruption in there because, you know, even though corruption That's a, a restriction.
1: Bad thing, so that's that yeah, mean, yeah we're gone. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But even if it's a bad thing, I kind of enjoy it because I do come <laughs> from a country that's a very <laughs> Yeah, it's you know, in, in Australia you can't do anything wrong because, you know, you'll be penalised for it. Mm-hmm. And but I just love coming here and like being able to speed down the road and you not know, being caught. <laughs> Or I'd love to like pay my way through to get something oh, you know, bribe someone. You know, you I could bribe myself out of absolutely any penalty I may receive on the road. And even though it's a bad thing, it's actually a very terrible thing. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it, <laughs> so that's definitely going in the bottle.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, the sound of foxes and wolves in the night. Like, oh, you
0: guys have wolves? I didn't know you had wolves.
2: Yeah. The other day I was coming home and I was like opening the, you know, my gate and it was stuck. The The remote wasn't working and there was like a fox standing right in front of me and I was like moving forward, trying to scare it. And it just wouldn't run away. And then oh my I, God.
0: So what would you, what would you put in your Sydney bottle?
2: Um, Sydney, uh, ooh, my cu- international cuisine. So I, the f- the, the thing with Sydney is it is so much multicultural mm-hmm. that I haven't seen any other city mm-hmm. like it. Like I have traveled around Europe and Sydney is so multicultural that you could think of any cuisine you'd like and there would be a restaurant nearby. For real? And you could just go and, yeah, it's Except basically. For Caribbean a, food. In, it's it's incredible. Like... Yeah. And, and it's a good thing, like, you know, me and Alyssa would just, you know, be having one of those lazy days mm-hmm. basically every day. But I'd be like, <laughs> what do you feel like eating? And then you know, there'd be an array of options for us and we just yeah. hop in our car and go. Oh, so definitely nice. cuisine. Um I love the system, like the driving, there's procedures for everything. Mm-hmm. I love that, which is a total opposite of Lebanon. Mm. Um and oh I gotta put Alyssa in Sydney. She's I a, think she was expecting that. <laughs> I actually yeah. wasn't I actually oh. wasn't <laughs>
0: but,
2: so that was nice.
0: Oh. yeah.
1: That's good do you guys drive on the same side of the road as us in the UK? Yes. I was zooming. I was like, I mean, you guys are a former British colony, so I'm
3: yeah.
0: I don't know. Like, <laughs> but you know what we don't do is, you guys, when we're walking, um, you guys walk on the opposite side to us. So, are you meant to walk on the left side or the right side? I'm
1: not even gonna lie to you. I don't know. It have to walk on the side that You, you drive on. on, yeah. I think that's yeah. how they do it here. It's only when you're like on an escalator that you like stand on, the as if you were. driving the car. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. It's a bit weird. It's just,
0: I don't know. In Australia, it's weird. And so sometimes I get to stairs and I just like hate it when I'm the only one there. I'm like, what is
3: the right one? (laughs)
0: I'm like,
1: (laughs) which way is it? I'm
0: like, oh, Lord.
1: Is it New Zealand that drives on the other side then of the road? Or do they also drive on the They drive on the same road. Where am I getting this from? There was a cartoon. I think it was like Ginger. Did you guys have that on Nickelodeon? Is
0: that a cat?
1: No, it was like this girl... On Nickelodeon, there was definitely like a cartoon, and these obviously they were Americans, the cartoon characters. And they went to, I think they took a trip to New Zealand or Australia, and they were like, oh, they drive on the opposite road to Americans. So in my mind, I was probably thinking they drive on, but actually, that means you right drive on the same side as us. To be honest, life is so confusing. Why doesn't the whole world just get on board on one side?
0: drive on the, there's a couple of European countries. Uh,
1: France drives on the American side. Yeah.
0: But they're not all of them. It's very confusing. Honestly, it's a bit much. <laughs> like the European Union, for one thing, just drive on the same side yeah, of the road. get sort it together. Out. Let's yeah. Instead of Brexit, so let's just we, bring their cars on the right side of the road.
2: Um, they drive on the American side. Lebanese people are on the American side. But I mean, if you it's cheaper to, to get about,
1: cars. Yeah. I think um, driving on the American side is cheaper in terms of automobile prices. Um, I'm assuming mm-hmm. outside oh, so of Yes, told. and
2: you would see a lot of American. Cars in Lebanon, and you Mm. can tell you can differentiate them um, because America have these light up blinkers on the side that stay on when your lights are activated, so like an orange light. Mm. Um, And I think I know what you're saying, the blinkers in the back are red, so yes, Oh, Oh,
0: right, okay, this is true. Speaking of uh, corruption. What corruption leads us into restrictions. Yeah. yeah.
1: So what would be the restrictions that you would say for your two
0: locales? Why you haven't moved home to Lebanon before? I mean, you didn't necessarily move back this time. it was a
1: pandemic <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. So but like why has it been that you've chosen Sydney, for example, to stay in and live and work and whatever, as opposed to going to Lebanon?
2: Um, well, for starters, I never had a choice where to live. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but so, um, so but so when
0: you, when you did, I guess, like, cause obviously, you know, <laughs> your parents usually made most life choices for you, <laughs> but like when you we still do, uh, well, <laughs> that's one of your
1: restrictions then. <laughs> so it could I guess cause you've already said like with the corruption, so the economic restrictions or whatnot, would you say that's the main thing?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's even though I'm enjoying my life here at the moment mm-hmm. because I am stuck here, it mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean I want to move here. Like yeah. if you meet with a lot of people my age or even younger, or even older, mm-hmm. um, it's they find it extremely difficult to find jobs. They find it extremely mm-hmm. difficult to maintain a job if mm-hmm. they do have one. Because, yeah. in, you know, even though the Lebanese culture is a very nice culture, there is a lot of negative sides to it. Mm-hmm. And, we love power and we love money and this is this is the unfortunate truth like uh, you know why did corruption start why are we in this you know um conundrum in lebanon because Mm -hmm. you know our leaders want money and Mm -hmm. they want power yeah and they're the two main factors that play a role here so you find that if you go for a job interview um, you need to be the best of the best. You need to have the best university degree, even though you probably wouldn't have gotten the best marks at that specific university. You need to be a graduate of that specific university. You mm. need to have, you know, live close to work. Um, so, yeah, like it's not a good uh, place to facilitate young people's lives. Like yes. I can't set up my life here. Yeah, so- yeah. It's good for a holiday. It's good to just come and enjoy time with my family and food and then just turn around and leave.
1: Yeah. I totally get. No, I I think a lot of people, I could even relate even in terms of Nigeria as well. Sometimes it's not necessarily the best environment for, you know, just growing in your younger years. Unless you're very established and you have like connections and even that sometimes can't be an assured um, flow of income unless you are literally built into the archaic system of like corruption and influence and status and whatever. It It can be hard to set roots down and just assured like a certain standard of living period. So then what would you say? Are there any restrictions in Sydney? Um,
2: yes, the fact that there's no corruption. <laughs> <laughs> oh my That's funny.
0: But not um, buy your way out of anything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, so I, in Australia, I'm on my best behaviour, mm-hmm. like most Arabs. Mm-hmm. Um, I speak on behalf of all of them, because <laughs> um, when they come to Lebanon, they learn the tactics of chaos within yes. the country. They go back to Australia and they try and apply it and they can't get away with it. Mm.
3: And
2: like I'm even dreading going back to Sydney um, and I'm afraid that I'm going to get fined for speeding because I've become so accustomed to speeding yeah. in Lebanon.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you say that there are other restrictions in Australia, in Sydney, um, based on the fact that you are
2: Lebanese, Australian? Well, I mean, I think, I mean, that, that, that'll lead us into a different branch of restrictions. Like, I think mm-hmm. social restrictions mm-hmm. in terms of racism, yes. yeah. Um, yeah, definitely, I think at, some point in my career when I was applying for jobs, I've had to go with my, you know, with my nickname as opposed to my actual legal name, which mm. has, you know, through my little experiment that I did between myself and I, mm-hmm. um, I actually received more phone screens mm-hmm. um, and calls for interviews using my nickname as opposed to my legal name. Oh, wow. What is your nickname? It is, it, is, it is sad. And, you know, Australia is a very developed country. Oh, Andrew. And mm-hmm. basically uh, my nickname came about when I was in kindergarten, mm-hmm. when my kindergarten teacher thought Ashraf was too hard to pronounce. So he just decided to call me Andrew. My parents didn't know me at the time. they just like, yeah, whatever. Well, is he going to get an education? Because that's all they cared about at the time. <laughs> yes, yeah, but Andrew it is. Just, you know. Push on. <laughs> Me. Uh-huh. and that name basically stuck with me until now wow like most people call me andrew yeah. not me <laughs> names have yeah. power yeah. my name, to, she existence. did she did call me andrew until she found out my legal name yes
0: <laughs> oh. until i knew
2: better <laughs>
1: So that's really interesting. I can with the name thing definitely can relate that's definitely an issue, and I think there have definitely been studies at least u k side mm. that does prove that like people that have non um anglo sized yeah, yeah names tend to like find it harder in terms of the recruitment process, so they do discriminate on that. I know. I was telling Alyssa recently, actually, I had a similar, well, I had a name issue in secondary school, I had a PE teacher that apparently she found it hard to say Nima. I really, your name is not even hard to say Ashraf. Anyhow, oh my God, I know, right? Because there are very complex, like. there are very complex names I've heard and I'm like, Nima is a very easy name too, I think. Anyhow, my PE teacher, she got to a point where she just wouldn't say my name when the register came. You know, like when you know your class, like, you know, when your name's coming up, she just didn't say my name at all. So what did Nima do? I didn't answer the register until she decided to at least try.
0: How was she meant to? to I don't know. I
1: guess she was just looking at me, expecting me to say, hey, like I was there as if I'm going to answer to nothingness that's not the case i'm oh. not nothing anyhow so um Sorry. i just i i refused to answer the call i mean she obviously didn't mark me like absence because that was wrong eventually she did pick up and eventually start trying to say my name but yeah i thought that was very interesting and that's probably why i'm just, not so picky want to
2: try yeah, yeah I, she didn't yeah
1: in hindsight yeah i don't think she really cared maybe someone must have eventually called her out of it and i had a bit of a mouth in secondary school. And I probably did tell my mate, someone's like, yeah, she's just racist and just can't be bothered to say my name. <laughs> you I know, mean, that kind of thing. Course, mean, call spade is great, um, eh? Yeah, but I, I'm always okay if people at least attempt and try. I'll correct you.
0: I mean, that's, that happens to you, though, doesn't it, Ashraf? Like, people don't necessarily say your name
2: right? Yeah. Especially uh, when I'm waiting for a doctor and then the doctor comes down it's like, Ashraf! 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 Ashraf. Okay, you just need to calm down. <laughs> Let's just calm down. Let's take a breath. Thank you for trying. Just, I'm here. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Right. I'm I'm, here. I'm present. <laughs> you
0: were sort of touching on the racism in Australia. And mm. so while we are super multicultural, um, I think we think sometimes that because we are super multicultural, we can kind of get away with the sort of casual racism. And it's like,
2: mm. oh, it's just banter. Just a bit of a joke. I mean, I don't think racism can ever be classified as banter. Hmm. I think it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. how good of a system you have, there will always be flaws. Hmm. But, you know, when it comes to Arabs specifically, I think there was a lot of stereotypes that go around and I think a lot of people that are from non-Arab backgrounds take it a little bit too seriously because at the end of the day, you know, from any culture you may select at random, there's always going to be a good person and a not so good person, not necessarily Mm -hmm. bad, but, you know, people have different upbringings. They've got different, you know, they've learned different lessons along the way. You can't subject one person to a stereotype. Mm -hmm. And Mm. although I understand that, you know, humans, you know work and relate to people off emotion Mm. you can't let your emotions get too involved with a specific stereotype and actually get to know that person as opposed to just immediately judge them based on what you've heard that could or could not be made up
0: Hmm. you know what I mean so I think
2: you should definitely relate to someone based on facts and your own experiences as opposed to someone else's experiences
0: agreed um do you did you have any other thoughts about
2: restrictions Oh, restrictions. Oh, I am not a fan of the restrictions that Australia has implemented due forces clubs to close early or the <laughs> serving of alcohol. Okay.
1: So in general, I don't understand. What happens? So you close early if you're a club?
2: They close at like twelve o'clock. At midnight?
1: Isn't that when the parties are supposed to be <laughs> so they like close really at twelve,
2: off? but they stop serving alcohol at one, I think. Yeah. So, so you if you're got- already in there by twelve, you get to stay to one and they'll stop serving alcohol.
0: But to be honest... That's very interesting. And then usually they close at like 1.30 because they're obviously not making any money. So it's time to leave.
2: It, yeah. It's only a recent thing. Yeah. Like I remember I used to be able to stay out real late, but something must have happened. I think there was... um an accident one night and they've decided to apply that law. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh gosh, that's not I love that that was your restriction. I mean, to be fair, it definitely does impact. I know that is Well, if they're
2: getting in the way of Ashraf's fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is true. That is true. I mean, the only thing I liked about it was that I could be home in time to go to bed um (laughs) but but i do agree with you like here nothing like kicks off until like people don't leave the house until like 11 and it's like oh my god if you leave the house at 11 you're gonna be like
2: in lebanon they go to dinner at 11.
0: I mean, that's just that. I'm not even a going out
1: person, so I feel like I can't even relate too much. But I feel like when I do hear people going out, it's like 11 is probably when you're leaving the house, I'm
0: assuming. I mean, that to even even when I do it now, I'm still like, it's so late. Mm. I should be in bed. (laughs) Like, I'm about to go to bed in two hours, so I better enjoy my time out. Yeah, maximize all (laughs) the fun. Maximize it. But yeah, yeah.
1: So next is recommendations. Hi.
0: Yes. So, Ooh, recommendation
1: yes for your two locales.
0: So, you could probably pick a couple of places in you know, usually like two or three in both Lebanon. Are we talking
2: just about food because that's what it's my brain be... is at the moment?
0: I mean, we probably love a recommendation of food in Lebanon, to yes. be honest. But it can
1: be places, things that you, um, again, have attached to, like, experiences, that things that you might have built memories from and that other people could potentially, mm. you know, build their own memories from as well or learn something about okay, the okay. place. Okay,
2: well, let me get on a roll. <laughs> so, um, some spiritual places that I like to visit in Lebanon, well, as you know, Lebanon has a variety of religions. Yes. But... Um, there is two really peaceful and beautiful places I like to visit. And one of them is St. Charbel's Church.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and it's in a village called Anaya. Um, okay. And it's basically really, really high up in the mountains. One of the most amazing places to visit. Very peaceful. And that's where um, St. Charbel's clothes are. Mm-hmm. Um, they have it on display. It's like a little museum as well. Who St. Charbel? Absolutely stunning. Who's St. Saint so saint Chabel is a Lebanese saint, mm-hmm. um, and he is part of the Maronite Church. Okay. So part of Catholics.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that's really cool. Um, what are the main religions in then, Lebanon, please, if you could just clarify, for me and for listeners? Yeah.
2: So you've got your Orthodox Catholic, mm-hmm. you've got your Maronite Catholic, you've got two main types of Muslims. So you've got your Sunni, your Shia in Lebanon, then you've got your Druze.
0: Mm-hmm. And what are
2: you? I'm Druze. We're a minority religion in Lebanon.
1: Oh, that's nice. Okay. Yeah. So you said the church. Okay. Oh, well. oh thank you. Um, and then
2: you've got another um, place, uh, basically Our Lady of Lebanon. Um, it's in a suburb called juni Mm-hmm. and it is really, really high up in the mountain and it overlooks um, the the water. So it's, it's, it's absolutely, it's absolutely that stunning. Pretty. I do recommend you hmm. Google it. Do you have pictures? Yeah, I can definitely send you some pics. Oh, you're going to light well, up you, our Instagram. You... Make
1: sure you hit up our Instagram. Yes, but yes, I can see that
2: you've read well, our, our I... briefing. <laughs>
1: You know, recommendations has definitely become my favorite part yeah, of the definitely. episode because I literally get a visual of like these things. Those were good ones. Those were great. great.
2: Yeah. So that's the spiritual places if you like to go and just be at peace. You don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be Christian to go to those places. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely seen some Muslims there.
3: Mm-hmm. And I
2: think it's just um, a way that people can communicate with God, whether yeah. whatever their religion may be. Yeah. But it, it does. Give you that peace and that feeling of safety. Yeah. Um, food wise, oh, the list goes on so much, but there are <laughs> two two very beautiful restaurants that are, that are my top favorites, and one of them is called Ameline. Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
2: and basically, Ameline is in an area called Stura. Okay. So, um, very, very, it's it's got Lebanese food, but they have a twist to it, which is what I love about it. So. Mm. Um, what I don't like about Lebanon is that all the restaurants are Lebanese food, most of them.
0: <laughs> um, How dare they? So
2: I love the fact that this Lebanese restaurant serves food that's authentic but also has a bit of a twist to it. Nice. So definitely a place to try. Um, and then there's another one in Jounieh, which is near the Our Lady of Lebanon, yeah. and it's called Al-Sultan Brahim and it's basically a seafood restaurant on the water with oh. of food. one of the most amazing food i have ever tasted in my life oh, oh gosh. my gosh. this sounds like
1: the ultimate holiday Honestly. like um, touristy thing i love it like you've given and, us and an the, experience the funny thing is food that, um,
2: like this season is like the summer season is the right season to go there, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of you know Lebanese people that have boats and they park outside this restaurant. Oh, y'all fancy mm. on a little, mm. on a little, little, what do you call it? The dinghy, the dinghy, and then like he just goes to the boats, takes the orders, comes back to the restaurant, oh, and God. then takes the food. It's yeah, it's oh, I I they it. were well, bougie. Nice, okay,
1: <laughs> um, yeah, quick yeah. question you said it's t- nice to watch. When is summer? When is summer in Lebanon?
0: Same as yeah. us. So, uh, same as Australia? No, no, no. Same as same as the UK? UK yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Oh, yeah,
2: we're in the God. same time zone, yeah. which is why me and Alyssa are really happy
1: about it. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, because time zone, calling people in different time zones is like uh, struggle. oh struggle.
2: Don't get us started on
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it must have been really hard, like in, Aust- Sometimes one in Australia. I'd like,
2: speak to Alyssa in the morning and then she'd call me in the evening, and she'd be like, I didn't talk to you today. And I'm like, yeah, you did. You spoke to me in the morning. It was my evening. Confusion. <laughs> Confusion.
1: And what about your Australian recommendations?
2: Everyone keen for these. Oh, well, that's since we spoke about food last, let's continue with that. So my Sydney locale recommendation mm-hmm. is Cafe Roma, and it's one of Alyssa and I's favourite oh. restaurants. Why do they call it a cafe if it's a restaurant? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> um, what type of food is that? amazing, authentic Italian food. Uh, and you have to order the... Risotto. What's that mushroom? Risotto. Truffle. Okay. Truffle. Truffle.
0: Tr- oh, Truffle. oh,
1: okay.
2: okay. Truffle risotto. Amazing. Awesome. Awesome. And then, ooh, which? what else should we recommend for them? Hmm. I mean, you okay. gotta have, if you go to Sydney, you've got to have EJs. And basically, EJ stands for Eljana Chicken. It's a charcoal oh. chicken, Lebanese oh, style. Oh, that Amazing. wasn't one of mine. But that, I should have put
0: that. Yeah, Eljana oh, nice. all day, every day. Oh, I love it. We went through a phase where we were. Um, yeah. I don't know why, but we, like, literally had it, like, four times a week for, like, quite a few weeks in a row. That is actually pretty intense. That must be really good. I mean, I don't know. And then we just, like, and then... um, One of
2: the best chicken I've ever had. We
0: just have leftovers for the next day for lunch. So I just, like... So good portion sizes. Yeah.
2: Oh, the giant...
0: Ashraf would be like, I want the big chips. And we'd end up with, like, the tray of chips. I mean, you are are the Lebanese
2: person. So definitely His mum would be like, there's a only
0: three of us. <laughs> I'm like, that's I was a forced lot of into it
2: by Ashraf, I'm sorry. I mean, that's rich coming from my mum because when she cooked, I know. she cooked for a whole village as well. I know.
1: Yeah. Oh, is that a common thing um, culturally to yeah. big portions? Yeah.
2: Better to have more than, you know, less.
1: Yes, but yes. I don't know why. <laughs> and any
2: experiences
1: um, in Sydney as well?
2: Yes. Okay, experiences. Oh, you've got to go to Archie Brothers, which is in Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it's just like a time zone for, you know, older people. So, like an and arcade it's got a bowling thing. alley and it's, yeah, it's like an arcade and then it's got laser tag as well. and oh, all these games. Fun. It's quite fun. So, it's fun. <laughs> and it's got a bar so you can drink and play, which mm-hmm. is always good. Mm-hmm. I sound like an alcoholic. No, uh, no you just sound like a good time.
3: <laughs> I think.
2: And, uh, where else? I would highly recommend Berry. Mm. It's in South New South Wales. It's it's a, like a farm area. The uh, be- one of very nice food and little shops definitely an experience you'd have to go there for like sleep there overnight but Mm -hmm. everything is fresh and handmade by the locals Mm. oh it's very cute organic
0: Aussie country town and it's only i feel like it's only like maybe is an hour and a half two hours outside of sydney Two-hour drive, yeah. yeah. So a nice little day trip or oh, weekend trip? I mean, you could do a day trip, but it's probably cute to, like, you go to you could say, an air, like, an Airbnb or yeah. a cute little B&B and just kind of, like, get the full, like, country experience and then do stuff on the way home. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is nice. Just planning our trip for when Nima comes to
1: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is like um, my um, post-pandemic laundry list of places and things to
2: do. From south, we go straight north, and I would recommend Hunter Valley. Melissa and I had some great memories in Hunter Valley. Hunter Valley is... And it's basically a winery area. Oh, yeah.
1: Treat me with wine.
0: (laughs) It's like people go there for, like, whining and sparring.
1: (laughs) Oh, you know what? This sounds like a good time, genuinely.
2: Oh, like, we get. We don't have to treat them right. We hired a bus so we paid, I think it was like $15 per person and this bus took us to like 12 different wineries and you have a tasting at every wineries. winery? Yes. Yeah.
0: Cuz you just drive around. You guys have a lot of, oh, I don't remember the end of, of it though.
1: Of land it sounds like.
0: I don't remember the end of it either. <laughs> <laughs> well, that means you guys
1: had a great time. Okay, definitely on my list. Oh, this has been so good.
0: Do you have any final thoughts?
2: Oh, no, not at this point in time. Is
0: there anything you want to... Well,
2: you guys sound amazing. Oh, oh thank, thank you. you. You were
0: an
1: amazing guest. Thank you so much for coming oh, on and sharing with are. us. Um, is I'd love it... to be a guest again. <laughs> maybe we'll, <laughs> you know maybe we'll get your mama yeah. on. Yes, we might do a family
2: edition of things.
1: So do you have a social media handle that people can find you that you'd like for them to follow or any causes to plug?
2: Yes, definitely. Ashraf Jaber Official. Mm-hmm is my Instagram. So okay. follow you guys. A lot of interesting experiences that I'll be having on there. Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. All right, then. So we'll make sure we'll put that in the notes and then people can follow you as well. Thank you so Thank much. You, we Asha. really enjoyed the conversation with you. Thank you, Alyssa and Nima. All right, you take care and stay safe. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to us today at The Wedding Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We loved it. Yes. Make sure you subscribe right now before you finish. And like, follow us on all our handles. Instagram, it's Podcast, And Twitter, it's Podcast. And you can email us at when.inpodcast.gmail.com. Yeah.
0: But we appreciate you and we would love to hear from you um, as soon as, you know, you feel like you want to get in touch with us. Yes. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.